Hello again, this is Charlie Balfontaine, and you're listening to the Homebuyer's Hour. Good morning, everybody. And we are on <laughs> WCPT AM820. I know, I had a little brain stoppage there for a second, and I couldn't remember the show. And I want to just give a little shout-out to WCPT with, you know, it's just going after accuracy and going after the truth has always been a big deal to me. And I think the truth and accuracy is, it really rolls over into the real estate business because it ends up building trust. And as long as we could be upfront, honest, clear, and concise with our clients, that's what ends up building trust, all right? And one of the reasons why we choose certain real estate agents to come on the show, and sometimes more than once, is because they see that same value. So I'd like to go ahead and give an introduction to Dennis Hike. Um, and it, it's, it's, I always kind of giggle every time I say your name, Dennis. Don't take it as a bad thing. Yeah, the first caller that calls in with the correct spelling of Dennis's last name. I was just going to spell it. I, I'll, gi- I'll give you a $5 um, Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. T's and C's apply. But your Dennis, money is please, safe, Patrick. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> I know, for me, I got such a weird name. And, and I find yours a little difficult to spell as well. But please give an introduction to everybody, your business, your service, and so forth, and how they get hold of you. You got it. Good morning, guys. Dennis Hike, H-U-Y-C-K. <laughs> the clue is gone. Patrick's giving away some free stuff, so hurry everybody up and make call the call. In. Everybody call yeah. in. Uh, yeah, the wife went from Miller to that, so she still <laughs> belly aches about it. So anyway. It's less it's less letters to sign, though, so it should be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Um Work at Keller Williams One Chicago. I've been in the Chicago real estate business for I'm in my 21st year, wow. and uh, that means I'm 104 years old. Ah. And uh, happy holidays to everybody out there listening. Yeah, I kind of do that thing. I tell people I've been in the home inspection business going on 31 years now, yet I'm only 39 years old. But man, when I was eight, I was phenomenal at this stuff. So you can really get in those nooks and crannies when you're that small. <laughs> I was going to say, get up that ladder quickly. Amen to that. Patrick, uh, please, you know you're my favorite real estate attorney. Tell everybody why and how to get hold of you. Oh, I just got a malarkey flag. (laughs) My name is Patrick Loftus. I am a real estate lawyer with Loftus Law. You can find me on social media because I don't want to be called or tight. We were just talking uh, before we went on air that it's uh, it's rare that somebody answers the first time you call them because they see the weird number and they kick it to voicemail. And you know, it's the same. I do the same thing. Um, You know, there's there's just too much. there's too much garbage. That's too much robocalls, spam calls. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I wish my actual mailbox had a spam filter. But I actually, uh, <laughs> let's go off on a tangent right, right <laughs> off the bat. I, I have a little project I'm, I'm doing starting uh, January one. I'm going to collect every single credit card uh, solicitation that I get in the mail for the entirety of 2024, and I'm going to do like a little video every month. And I, we must get. Two or three a day, and wow. no, no exaggeration. You know, if we don't get at least one in a day, I'm like, oh, they took a day off. That's rare. Uh, but you know, I'm so sick and tired of tearing these things up into little pieces so nobody steals our identity. That um, I'm just going to collect them, and I'm just I'm going to put them in a box and, and see and see how many I get. So stay tuned for that exciting bit of you know old man yells at a cloud. I'm on edge. Uh, yeah, I'm taking you off my mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, find me on social media. That's the the best place. I I get a little excited when I see, ooh, this person followed you because I still have that few followers that it matters. Not find true. me on Instagram at Loftus underscore law, L-O-F like Frank, T like Tom, U-S like Sam underscore law, at Loftus Law on TikTok. And yeah, I don't have a name that's as hard to spell as Dennis's last name, but you wouldn't believe how many different ways people misspell my last name. So that's why I say the letters. Well, how many people know that Loftus is spelled with three Fs? Nobody would know that, so I get it. I just keep adding apps. <laughs> That's it. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so the next person, Joey Matthews, I want to I want Joey to take the lead on this for a little bit here. And I didn't give him a heads up on this, so right now he's like, holy cow, mm. what is going on? And I almost said another word that began with C, but thank <laughs> God for Harry Carey. You know, we came up with the holy cows. But Joey, you've been posting a lot of stuff about VA mortgages recently and getting them approved and I guess clear to close. Maybe I'm using the wrong term. And you put one out there 
that you did all that within hours, and I think it was like six hours, you ended up getting a clear to close on stuff. Not to mention down payments, you know, loan or bridge loans and things like that. Uh, the amount of stuff that you've been sharing, uh, all I could do is say thank you because I've been learning a lot off of that stuff. So, Joey, I'm going to ask that you talk a little bit about that. Tell us where our interest rates are. But first of all, how do people, why are you my favorite and how do people get hold of you? If I was a hot dog, <laughs> God, <laughs> uh, you can't throw Harry Carey up there. Oh my God, go Sox! Anyway, Joey Manchie, you said him one three three zero six nine four. The VA Loan Nerd. Uh, you can find me on the social medias as at the VA Loan Nerd. Uh, you can find me uh, on the interwebs at the VA Loan Nerd dot com, which is actually going to be its own real self sufficient website instead of a redirect uh, end of January. I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Uh, education. Um, what is going on? So no, I obviously I post a lot of stuff on, on the socials, but I think what you're referencing right now is uh, a VA appraisal. We ordered it on December 15th and we got it back on December 15th at value as is. The notice of value got issued right away and we're, we're trucking. So that is a file that uh, can close inside of a week. The only reason mm. that it is that, that that I have a hard time saying it would be clear to close like same day is just because I've, I've never seen title come in same day. Haven't seen it yet. Maybe okay. one day. But um, I mean, yeah, loans are easy. At the end of the day, mortgages are easy. Uh, a, a person who listens, learns, does not mess up repeatedly the same thing will be just fine in this industry. Just don't get out ahead of yourself and think that uh, you know everything because that is the moment that you realize you know nothing. Um, where are rates at? That's a loaded question, Mr. Charlie. It's a loaded question because everybody in the world is coming from a different financial situation. There's different people in different areas of the country and that matters. Um, however, obviously Jay Powell talked last week. Again, usually I hate when he talks. This time I did not mind it as much. Um, the Fed did hold the Fed funds rate steady and referenced the possibility of dropping the Fed funds rate three times over the course of 2024 for a total of 75 basis points, which is 0.75%. Um, that's a lot of that's that? a lot of basis points. It's a lot of bips. Yeah, a lot of bips. It's a lot of bips. <laughs> a lot of bips. So, outside outside of what he was talking about right i think where we may see the best contraction in mortgage world is the spread between the 10-year treasury and the 30-year rates uh i've referenced this before but historically the 10-year treasury uh usually is two percentage points below where the two to two and a half percentage points below where the 30-year mortgage rate trends prime rate right so if you see a four percent yield on the 10-year treasury you would anticipate in normal market to see six, six and a half percent on rates. Okay. Um, what I have seen the most of late is the MBS market, the mortgage backed security market is outperforming the 10 year treasury yield drops. So I do feel like we are seeing that contract a little bit, which will be good for people. I know I see a lot of mortgage people already talking about refinance markets for the people that bought in the last year or so. That's a good sign. I mean, right now, it, it, it is. It is. I think it's a little bit premature, in my opinion. Right. All right. Uh, I don't know if the juice is just worth the squeeze just yet. If someone's interested in refinancing, obviously reach out to me. We can run numbers. I just had a buddy of mine reach out to me. He said his servicer called him and said, "Hey, let's get you on the refi train." I told him to send me the uh, loan estimate that he got. We have to bring 10k to closing to drop his payment a hundred dollars a month. That uh, juice is not worth the squeeze. Yeah, All I right? agree. Yeah, no, that's no so, good. But this goes back to what I just started the show with, that whole trust and accuracy thing. You know, it's like, why are we doing that to other human beings? You know, why would you tell somebody, give me another 10 grand, you get to lower it, and just so he can make a commission on that. Money. It's well, always why? Money. Answer, yeah. yeah, your question is, it answers answer. itself. Yeah. Um, Joey, I had a question for you. As a matter of fact, um, we had a brief uh, conversation yesterday on TikTok, uh, which I, you know, you I'm such a. I, a year ago, if you told me I that I would you be talking, cell phone number. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't be bothered. You know, I was <laughs> I was on the app, and I, you know, I listen. It it notifies me when when you're active, and it says, "Why don't you send him a message?" And I'm like, most of the time, I'm we like, gotta get, 
Uh, you know, we're boosting the engagement. We're boosting the engagement for our brands. I get it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You know, we we you know every time we 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 do activity within the app, uh, the app you know does a little smiley face, and then it goes, "Ooh, you have a trustworthy account. I should push your content out to more people." They're active. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's not the reason. It's because I had seen another creator uh, on the app who was talking about what. Uh, what credit score you have to have in order to get a VA loan. And I was surprised to learn that there is no credit score requirement to qualify for a VA loan, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and I thought maybe you could uh, tell me more about that, if, if that creator was blowing smoke or if that is actually the case. So that gentleman is not blowing smoke. The VA does not have a credit score requirement. They do have credit requirements outside of the score. So if your score is not so hot, and I know that the one he referenced was a 517 score, um, you have to look at the most recent credit history for like the last two years. Have they, have they made a clear attempt to reestablish credit? We have to look at what's called verification of rent. If we're paying rent, we have to do a 12 or 24 month look back, make sure they've been paying those rents on time. Usually it's a 12 month look back. Um, but those are the things that matter most to the VA. So you're going to what's called a manual underwrite. Okay, so that is where you're not getting a a approval from automated underwriting and automated underwriting is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginnie Mae systems that we plug all this data into a file and it says whether or not the risk profile is acceptable. Okay, in a situation where your score is under, let's call it 600, you're likely going to be in a manual underwrite situation. So what that means is we go straight to the VA lender's handbook. All right, and your profile for your credit history has got to bump up with what the VA will allow. All right, you have to show that 12 month verification of rent. If you haven't paid rent because you're living at home, that's okay. You get a letter from your parents saying you've been living at home or whoever you've been living with saying you've been living it uh, rent free. That's technically 12 months of on time history. Technically, it is, right? So the big hurdle you have to clear in those situations. It's going to be finding an investor that will allow you to write that loan under what they require for their credit overlays. Uh, most of my investors will not go under 580. Okay, I've gotten exceptions below uh, below that. I've been able to do a 567. That's the lowest I've personally done. Uh, but that's just again, investor overlays will dictate whether or not you can get it done. If the investor has no overlays, it's a positive. You have to still meet the credit requirements set forth by Chapter 4 of the VA Handbook. Uh, and you have to um, obviously know that your uh, <laughs> your rate's not going to be the best rate in the world, but you also have to understand that you know this is life and that's how the world works. It's a higher risk loan. I get all that stuff. I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, me I mean, too. you know, actually being able to buy a home with a credit score that low, um, I mean, what it sounds to me is that the VA – takes it on board that, you know, whatever happened in the past is the past and it's not necessarily dictating what's going to happen in the future. And if you can kind of establish that you're not as bad a risk as your credit score would suggest, you know, say, for example, you went from, you know, a, a job that paid, you know, 25000 a year and you were staying with your parents because you couldn't afford rent and then you get some kind of credential and um, are able to to bump up to seventy five k a year. It could happen. Um, yeah, you know, oh, that's huge. And and then you go, okay, so I'm in a whole different. You know, my my financial situation is has jumped into a whole new you know paradigm, and I want to buy a house. And if if you qualify for VA, um, and you can ju- uh, thread those needles, and the VA loan there is going to get you in a home. I I love it. I just think that's so cool, Joey. Me too. Um, I guess the. Yes, sir. The important point to to bring up is the fact that that homework is being done before the fact for the pre-approvals. So. Oh dear God, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So, but in some way, a lot I'm of times it is. Unless I can, mm. unless I can get to that investor and get their approval before I say, hey, we can get a contract. And the good news there is, because you're within parameters for the uh, loan repayment on that contract, that's a quick closing. Awesome. Mm. So That's De- great. Dennis, I want to ask you a question regarding what Joey was talking about with the rates. You know, a couple of years ago, everything went down into the mid twos, if not low twos. And every the market was just crazy, right? And then all of a sudden it goes up and it was in the sevens, right? And then everybody's, oh my God, the interest rates are so high. 
And yeah, I giggle because this guy here, his first mortgage, granted was only a $100,000 house back in the early, early 90s. Um, you know, I was paying, I think it was like 18%. It was stupidly high, right? Um, but now, you know, everybody kept saying, well, buy now, even though the rates are high, buy now. Because if the rates do start going down, you can always refinance. And I thought of that process. Is that where you're seeing your clients now? And, you know, did you use that same yeah. thing about tell people, don't wait? That's the messaging. The messaging is you can always refinance your interest rate, but the demand for housing is not stopping. The world, the economy, a lot of things going on in the baby boomer generation. The need for housing is... Be nice. I'm still there. I know. I'm right behind you. But, <laughs> um, you know, it hasn't gone away. So, you know, the messaging for all of us is if you wait for the interest rates to go down, what do you think is going to happen to pricing? They're going to go up. Exactly. But, and they have been going up, though, the house prices. I mean, what's our inventory um, in Chicago? I know this is the slow season for us, but what is our inventory now? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends, again, on the market and And when you, know, you mean market, you mean family. different locations. Different neighborhoods. Not, yeah. The, the city of Chicago is not one market. City versus suburb. Um, specific, but, but each neighborhood, right? Right. Okay. Right. But, but inventory is, is not a problem that's going away. So if, if you need housing and there is a, a property out there that, that fits your needs, it's definitely a mistake to wait on the sidelines and for interest rates to turn because there are a lot of people waiting and there's a lot of people that are in need of housing. So that's interesting. Hope that answers the question. Yeah, no, it definitely answers the question. And then it kind of it takes into, you know, the next thing that I kind of wanted to talk to all three of you about. Patrick came up with this thought. You know, this is the slow season. I mean, right now, normally we're booked out a week in advance, but we're we're booking maybe eighty percent of our slots. We're not 100% booked out throughout the week, but we're over 50%, so it's not enough for me to go ahead and change pricing or do anything else like that. Um, and, and, you know, we were talking about what do you do now? What should a good mortgage broker, home <coughs> inspector, real estate attorney, but I'd like you to start with the real estate professional, what should you be doing in the slow season so that you could prepare for the busy season when it comes? Yeah, it's really about business planning for next year. Um, Give us some hints and clues. Somebody okay. new in the business. Pretend you're talking to them. You got it. I guess we all kind of build our business in a different manner. Um, my business model is really through events. Interesting. So, Go into detail. I want to know more about that. Um, I make a living by intoxicating people throughout the course of the year. All right. My my drunken home buyers. That's perfect. You you know, I, I have a feeling every, every time I bring up Dennis to, to, to someone uh, who, you know, I, I know and, and we're, you know, mutuals, yeah, they're always like, oh, man, I love Dennis. Love that guy. You know, <laughs> and, and now I'm starting to figure out why Dennis has, has the reputation he has. And it's because, you know, if, if you need a drink, he's there for you. That's the it sounds like I'm sucking up to you a little bit here, but honestly, you make me feel good about myself when I have a good conversation. And that's a pretty good way to judge people. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. But go on. No, Tell me more. It's business planning for the year. So what happens is this business is peaks and valleys of activity. And um, if you wait around to get busy, if you wait around for the phone to call, you're going to be 60, 90 days behind on the business. So we spend a lot of time um, communicating to our network. Um, but also planning for the next year. So in the case of the events that I do, um, I kind of strategically plan them. I do six events a year and um, plan out our marketing schedule for invitations, follow-ups, mailers for them, uh, when we're going to send our thank yous, things along those lines. But come January, my, my marketing calendar is locked in. So the St. Patrick's Day party, sorry, the Super Bowl party, the St. Patrick's Day party, we do a, uh, a summer event at the Chicago Dogs. If you have not gone there, it's amazing. I had season tickets there. I really enjoyed it. Me? Yeah, I loved it. We were like second row behind home plate. What a it's great It's so affordable, and oh, without a doubt. I'll I, have you to know, check it out. It is a blast. I mean, I don't think, given where the White Sox are at, and that's a much easier commute for me, um, you know, it should be about the same price uh, next year uh, for that product because they're about equivalent at this point. Um, I could tell you it's $3 for parking at the Chicago Dogs if you park in their garage, 
and it's six hundred and eight dollars for a beer. All right, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right, that, that might not be true. That's where that's where they get me. That's where they get me. Amen to that. How do I get invited to those parties? You're on the list. Woo-hoo! You're on the list. Which list? Um, Z list or A list? The good list. Oh, good. No, you guys are both on the list, <laughs> but. But the, um, he's like Santa. He's got lists. <laughs> naughty got and nice, but we're both <laughs> naughty. The, the, yeah, but the, the thought process is just schedule all this out so you know exactly what, what's, what's happening and when. Um, and my marketing team plans everything so they're ready to go. So come January, we're not saying, hey, what should we do in the spring? What's our plan going to be for the summer? So it's all mapped out. And then it's just a matter of, you know, I spent a lot of time inviting people uh, to these events. Uh, I spent a lot of time meeting people, sometimes at bars, and uh, just developing deeper relationships, um, developing trust that you brought up. Um, it is so important, though. Yeah, we can't violate that trust. The, the, the folks that I work with, the folks that I help move, they all know me. They all know that I'm looking out for their best interest because- Because you, you know, did. Because we They only know that from together. history. That, that's, that's what right. it is. And it's a great way to ruin a reputation when you violate that trust. That's right. You know, which is important. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, it makes me think of my high school buddy, Paul. And a little shout out to, to Paul right now. But he went into marketing and sales when he was in college. And something that when he graduated, he shared with me was plan your work and work your plan. You know, marketing That's 101. Good. And it sounds like you're doing exactly that, which I commend. Shout out to the class of 2002, Charlie and Paul. <laughs> well, it's older than that, but that's beside the point. <laughs> 2002, I started teaching home inspectors, you know, but again, Yeah, when you were nine. You know, you started I, at eight, and then, you know, by nine, you were already, you know, teaching, you were teaching to others. And then just for the record here, boomers are only 39 years old. I can't even say that with a straight face, Patrick. No, I'm sorry. You shouldn't. What about you, Patrick? What? are you doing to get ready for next year? So you asked the question, you know, what would you say to a young person just starting out how to, um, you know, what what to do at this point in time? Like if you're not actively working with clients or even if you are, to be honest, um, plan something, right? So one of the toughest things about not having a boss is you don't have anyone to tell you what to do, um, which is great. It's one of the reasons we all get into being entrepreneurs, being our own bosses. But that means that you've you've got to have a way to maintain discipline, right? Because if you're not actively working on your business, your you know you're 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 never level. No, nothing ever stays the same. You're either going up or you're going down. If you're not actively working on going up, I can I can just about assure you that you're going in the other direction. So it's kind of like that old army training. I need a volunteer. Somebody step forward, and everybody else steps backwards. You're you're the volunteer. Yeah. Well, you volunteered to have a failing business, um, or one that you're going to have to well put said. even even more work into uh, in the future to to get back on track. Um, now, when you say plan something, it's so vague, right? So, for example, Dennis, uh, his his prospecting is through events. Uh, some other people are cold callers. Okay. Other people uh, would have a social media plan uh, for you know each month a, a different theme. However, you want to do it. There are probably an infinite number of ways to skin that cat in terms of marketing. And, you know, if you want to stick your face on a billboard or on a uh, on a bus bench or, or whatever it is. Don't you know. get a lot of those professionals make good money off of that kind sure, of Sure, sure. There's a reason people are, are spending six grand a month yeah. uh, to have a billboard. It's not because they like to you know take six grand and light it on fire. It's because they're getting a, a return on that investment. So, you know, if, if you don't have $6,000 to, to buy a billboard, uh, social media is, it can be just about free. If you've got uh, my phone's in my bag, so I don't, you know, play with it while we're doing this. But if you have a, if you have a cell phone and a social media account, you can market yourself. Now, if you're starting from scratch, it's going to take some time to to get some uh, to get some engagement. But if you work on it, if you commit to it and and go and do it consistently, whatever it is, if you if those two things are your compass in terms of getting to a goal that you've set, you, know, you set the goal. Okay, and then you develop your strategy. So the goal would be, I want to have, uh, you know, twelve closed sales in the next six months. Okay, so that's the goal. And then the strategy is, how am I going to do that? I'm going to prospect by cold calling. I'm going to. That's a. 
so that's a strategy. And then the tactic is to, you know, so this, there's the goal, then the strategy, and then the tactic. The tactic is blocking out the time to cold call. The tactic is scheduling uh, all of those events so that uh, everything is already set out. You know, you can't just whip up a Super Bowl party the, the day before, the night before. This is not, this isn't high school anymore. Like, you know, if you're like me, you started at about 10 p.m. to write that. I was going to say, back in 1985, that Super Bowl party I whipped up, that was awesome. Everybody came. And, and, <laughs> and sure, I mean, you know, that was that was something different than, than what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, entirely. So, um that's that's the point. So what am I doing? Um, you know, it's already been in the works, right? Yeah. You know, the social media stuff. You know, that's that's kind of become my sweet spot in terms of getting out there. Um, you know, I regularly get people who talk to me, you know, face to face, and they go, "Oh, I've seen all your stuff. Really like it." You know, I've had a couple this week. If I'm getting people actually saying to me in person, I know that the that the engagement is getting out there because there's you know, however many exponentially, you know, larger number of people who are engaging with that and I'm not hearing from them. So, um, so I, so, so that's to, to get my reputation out there. Um, you know, planning, uh, my, my initiative next year. And and I haven't, I haven't quite, well, it's not until next week that I'm going to sit down and actually map everything out for, for next year. So, so stay tuned to, to find out what my business plan is. But, um, I know that I'm going to, I'm going to dive a lot more, uh, headfirst into direct-to-consumer marketing because my favorite home inspector ah. just keeps talking about how successful it is. And I'm like, well, shoot, I, I know a guy who knows how to do this. And so I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna steal his ideas. So Yeah. It's, all you got to do is you get 30 seconds to prove that you're better than all the other competition. Right. It's not right. that hard. I mean, have you talked to other lawyers? I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. Uh, you know, I, I'm I got a leg up on, on most other lawyers in terms of actually being able to have a conversation. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to you know, be careful how, how much I trash other lawyers because they're gonna be like, well, it's up with that guy. And you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I got you. I'm gonna get a hard time. But you know, it, there's a reason the, the stereotype is you know kind of a, a boring fella. You know, you get these sort of boring. I think I'm better than everyone else. Uh, you know, sort of. Yeah. Uh, and I think I do that too. I, I could see all not that like stuff. Not like a lawyer happening. does. Lo- no. a, a lawyer, sorry, you know, there's, I'm just, I'm just I think not it's that. it's a hard thing to do. I'm not that, it's, yeah, it can be. Um, I'm just, I'm not that guy though that, yeah. that thinks that like, because I have a lawyer credential, you know, suddenly that makes me better than you. I'm not better than anyone. All right. No. Um, you know, I, doesn't it's mean I don't value. have confidence, but it's like, I, I, I treat people you know the way I, I hope to be treated, um, and that is you know with respect and yeah. and as as though we, we both are on even footing. And I and the sad thing is I got a bad habit where I treat people the way they treat me, and that's a bad habit that I have to get over. <laughs> all right, it really is. Well, in, in I'm going to interrupt real quick. Sure. I do want to go around the horn, Patrick, and Joey. I'm going to ask you the same question, but first, uh, Patrick Dennis. Patrick, first, please tell us, how do people get hold of you? Find me on social media at Loftus underscore law on Insta at Loftus law. In business, Charlie, the golden rule is a little different. It's not treat people the way you want to be treated. It's treat people the way they want to be treated. Mm, Very good. I'm going to dwell on that a little more. Dennis? Good stuff. Uh, My number is 312-420-1593. 312-420-1593. And to age myself, I like being on the phone, calling folks, getting better at texting, so feel free to text or call. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you why that is a smart idea. It is a smart idea. It goes back to building the relationships. And my name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors, and I also own Home Inspection University of Illinois. Um, Our phone number is 312-544-9180. And I'm going to encourage you to start reading the reviews and see what all the wonderful past clients have said. And then that'll explain to you why choose us. Joey, I'm going to ask for your information. Joey's still here. And I know we kind of ignored him and I want to bring him back in. I want to get your contact information, Joey, and then I'd like you to continue on after you do that with what are you planning? You know, what are you going to be doing next year to go ahead and build more relationships and increase your market share? Why, yes. So, if you want to get a hold of me, you can call or text me at 
800-242-2405. You can find me at the VALoneNerd.com. You can find me across all the social medias as at the VA Loan Nerd. And what have I done in the past to build business? I am much like Dennis. I enjoy helping people feel better uh, through <laughs> well getting a home does uh, make you feel better so <laughs> makes me feel yeah better. giving me hundreds of thousands of dollars does make me feel better joey thank Doesn't you get rid of my problems but, you know. <laughs> makes me feel better yeah uh, I, I i do a lot of events i do a lot of education events and uh the big things that i am working on this year obviously uh relationships that's my big thing i stay in contact with all of my buyers all of my clients um and I text them. Like, it, it becomes like a friendship, right? At the end of the day, if, if you're not becoming friends with your clients, then, you know, what are you, what, what are you doing? You're talking every day for a month, and then it's just like, all right, bye, guys. Have, have a good life. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just part of the biggest piece of the thing you'll ever buy. But, you know, I'm still kind of fan. Um, but I'm also, obviously, of course, I'm, I'm doing the social media thing, much like Patrick. Uh, I, I do have a large education uh, website that I'm building out. Uh, which is, I think that's going to be obviously very big. It's, it's going to be really focused towards realtors, towards buyers, towards other lenders to learn more about VA loans. Um, and that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, I love what I do. I love all the loans that I write. I love all the people that I work with, right? Um, but, I mean, the, the, the insane education gap in the VA space is just I, I will fight the rest of my life fixing it. And it starts with, social media it starts with building out an education platform an education company um and that's 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 where i'm at with that well if you need uh, help with it say the word you know we've been doing the schooling now for over 20 years and that's with an online presence and yeah, working no, with I've learning management teacher, systems so here we go yeah lms's <laughs> are are huge and there's a whole bunch of hard sales that they give you and lms stands for learning management system which is what you're talking about um but yeah, I can help you with some very good, affordable, easy to maneuver type stuff that we could put in there. Um, I don't know. And then I'm going to steal a little bit of time too, as far as what I'm doing in our business. Everything is about you know providing the more amount of service, and I always focus on three words: why choose us? One of the greatest things about the United States of America, and yeah, I'm waving my flag over here, is that freedom of choice. All right, plain and simple. There it is, a little flag I should be reaching. Um, it's that freedom of choice. And everybody has a choice in a real estate agent, an attorney, a mortgage broker, and also a home inspector. So why should somebody want to work with me as opposed to, thank you, Patrick. Um, as opposed to somebody else. And Patrick was waving the American flag right behind my head um, on our show here. But anyway, you know, why should somebody want to work with us? And everything to me is providing the most amount of value. And I think one of the hard things that I hear from my competitors, and Dennis, I kind of want to hear how you feel about this, is I've heard my competitors say multiple, multiple times that the person buying the home is not your client. You know, the real estate agent is your client. And the real estate agent is your client because that's the person who's going to continuously refer business to you, so you should be catering to them. And I, I feel like a jerk, all right? But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cater to the real estate whim. Now, don't get me wrong. And, and Dennis, I really feel in my heart that you and I are on the same page of these things. 100%. All right, and and I'm okay with building real estate or building relationships with real estate agents. That's not against my philosophy on stuff, but it's always going to be what's best for the client. And if I see an agent that doesn't have that, and, and I'm sorry to say, I know I'm going agent bashing here, but there's too many of them, and this is why I was so prejudiced against real estate brokers for such a long time. I didn't realize that there's some good human beings out there, and there really are. There's 11 in Chicago. 11 good, good human, human beings. being real estate yeah. brokers. Yeah, and then and maybe 12 in the Chicago land area. Right. Okay. There's one in the suburbs as well. So. There it is. <laughs> now, it's a great point. It's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all out there looking out for our client's best interest. And just a quick plug to your business model, Charles, is, you know, in our business... We're there for the inspection. You guys spend two, three hours in a in a house, you know, trying to make sure that it's a it's a smart investment, a good buy for folks. 
and then they get this big report and then they call their realtor that doesn't have the skills that you guys have and start asking questions. Yeah. Becomes, I noticed that was a weakness in our business. And and your model, and I kind of call you the quarterback of this piece of the process, that you're talking to these guys shortly after they have the inspection and you're walking mm-hmm. them through each piece and laying it out and helping them with costs for things that need to be fixed. Letting them know that, Thank you. you know, your lane is not to tell them what to go after the seller for no. or what to eat, but your lane is just to educate them on, you know, kind of what they're walking into, what they're calling their home. And it's just, it's very unique the way you do it, and it's very special, and um, it's really the way it should be done. Yeah, everything kind of boils down to me is three things. I used to say two. I used to say how much and who pays, right? Ooh, he changed it. I'm, I'm just, I want to know what the third one is. Third one is how severe is it or how serious is it, all right? So, you know, is, is this something like an uneven sidewalk or a sidewalk tilted towards the house, all right? If it's not directing water coming in there, I mean, is it worth really digging up a concrete, you know, tire sidewalk and pouring a new one? or getting some sort of mud jacking? I don't know, I don't think it is. So that's where I like to talk about the severity and find out what my client feels about this stuff. And we do it over Zoom. And then we use a online software called HomeWise. And that helps us you know, develop what the average cost in that particular zip code is for that type of stuff. And it breaks it all down. So it's not like I'm making up prices this is software that exists out there. All I'm doing is putting the input in there to go ahead and do it. Now, the who pays part, that I, just like you just said, I, I'm ignorant when it comes to how much leverage a client has or doesn't have. All right. That's where I think a good real estate agent is going to come in there and they're going to be able to show the comps. They're going to be able to say, hey, we already got them down 20000 off the price of the they're not going to move anymore. If we start doing this, now you got to think about walking away. What I learned from you, Patrick, about, you know, once you start negotiating and opening these things up, you literally open up the entire contract, all right? And a lot of people don't realize that. I never realized that, you know, when that comes in there. So when somebody is telling me that they got, you know, two or three other offers on the same house, I'm, I'm, I make it clear, you need to have a good conversation with your agent and, and your attorney, your attorney mm-hmm. about the risk and the rewards of what you're thinking of doing. You know, if you don't care and you want to walk away from the house, that's your choice. And I believe in the freedom of choice. But you need a good attorney like Patrick to walk you through that process. Somebody who's going to be honest and knowledgeable. Right. That's the key, you right. know. And, and Patrick, as much as you're my favorite, I don't think you're the only one out there that is honest and upfront. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're in my life. I could tell you that much. You know uh, what? You need I've a good seen, real estate attorney that will give you the time to walk you through the process. These guys, I don't envy Patrick with all of the work that they put into for these real estate closings. Yeah. And if you get a guy that's busy, if you get a guy that's overwhelmed, or the guy that's taking in more contracts than he can manage, then you may not have the guy looking out for you, and you may lose a house that you could have called home and raised your children in because of a broken sidewalk that you thought was the end-all and be-all. Yeah, so knowing how serious so, it is and what you're willing to accept. But the same thing goes with Joey as well. I mean, there's team. there's a lot of mortgage brokers out there that just want to get you as my client. All right, we want to lock you in and so forth. And they'll tell you, oh, yeah, you're good for this, you're good for that, I could get you this. They make all these big empty promises, and then all of a sudden everything crashes and burns. I don't know. Joey, am I making that stuff yeah, up? I, man, yeah, I, I deal with it all the time. So when I have a client that says, hey, I'm going to work with this person, I, I wish him the best of luck. I, I know this, If I know it's like a messy situation, I wish him the best of luck, and I just say, hey, if you have any questions, if you're reviewing things they don't make sense, still reach out to me. I, if, if, if your lender can't explain it, I promise you I'll figure it out for you. And a lot of times they end up coming back to me anyway because – something happens and they're like, all right, I, I, I made a mistake. I, I should have, I should have just stayed with you, which is a fun conversation to have <laughs> when it's a freaking purchase contract with the, with the agents. You're like, yeah, I know they switched. They're switching back. I, I knew this was sticky, but you know, I also know I could close it. And <laughs> I just closed one last week that I know there is practically nobody. And I, I hate shooting my own horn in that way, but there's practically nobody that would have closed it. It would be, 
weirdest type of loan and the weirdest situations, but if you can paint a good picture, you can make things happen. And I've gotten four referrals from that, that, that buyer already. And yeah, it's wild. It's wild. I go back to my old fire chief, Jay, and, um, yeah, he always said, you know, Charlie, you just do the right thing at the right time. You do it the right way, and you do it for the right reason. And as long as you stick to that, and, you know, if there's anything that's broken, don't take it personally. Fix it. Fix it and move yeah. on, you know. And once you get all that done, then you're doing good for your clients and everything's solid. That's what I'm hearing from you right now. You know, it, it, it sounds like it wasn't your fire chief. It sounds like you, you your fire chief was the Buddha. Is that is that it? Because you know, it's like right effort. Or, you know, the. I'll y- tell you what. I'm going to toot this guy's horn. When, I believe it was Hurricane Katrina, hit Louisiana. All right, they were devastated down there. And Mississippi. And Mississippi as well. We went to. I think it's Slidell, mm-hmm. and and is that a city? Yeah, Slidell is just across. Um, it's just across the the little piece of uh, Lake Pontchartrain that uh, empties into, I don't know if it, you could quite call it the Gulf of Mexico, but there's that little, um, you know, gap that they have a, well, it, they they briefly did not have a bridge, but uh, it's it's just to the east. My my old fire chief, secret, you know, single handedly he did this. He got what we call Mabus mutual aid box alarm system. Where Northbrook was in Mabus six, he ended up getting. At least, you know, one engine, one fire engine, one ladder truck, six guys, chiefs. He did went down there with like the size of a city of Chicago fire department. And we ended up manning all of their stations down there for a period of three months so that those firefighters and everything could get their families in order, their homes in order. And we ended up paying for it up here in Illinois with no money coming back at all. You know, for these people to do it, just, uh, just I'm getting all teary-eyed. You know, I give yeah. him an attaboy. I didn't really always see eye to eye with this guy, but I'm like, my jaw dropped when you do stuff like that, and it was the right thing to do. Did it cost us citizens money here to help somebody in Illinois, or in Louisiana? Yep, it did. And I guess what I'm okay with that. Yeah, same. I got a lot of friends in Slido. I went to law school at LSU, so you know, uh, that's why I'm familiar with the geography of South Louisiana. Nice. Uh, I didn't have any money. I just graduated law school um, when when Hurricane Katrina uh, hit, uh, but I did adopt a Katrina um, dog, a, a, a Katrina refugee dog, and I called her <laughs> I, I called her Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, I love it. She was she was the opposite of a party. She was the most scared creature I've I've ever uh, come across in my life. But but we were homies, uh, she and I. I'm Irish. I believe in karma. That comes back. I do too. (sighs) Joey, where are you at on all these things? Sorry, we're getting emotional in the studio, so we're gonna wipe the tears from our eyes. Joey, what did you do to help Katrina? You better have a good answer right now. Let's go. Well, Joey was. Oh, good lord. I was in Iraq, playing in Iraq. So uh, you win. Hopefully okay. you guys had a blast. <laughs> you win. Thank you for that. Joey. As usual. <laughs> Just yeah, There's we're no we're winning. all There's we're no all winning. we're all playing. We're all bragging about you know I did this, well, I did that, and Joey's like. I was just doing this. Right, and you're like, country. Oh, man, all right, you win, <laughs> you win. Uh, VA loan nerd yeah, wins uh, again. No lie. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna get back to you know, a little bit about what I was talking about earlier, and then I want to hear more from you guys as well. You know, for me, what I found in the home inspection business is to offer more services, all right? So for me, what makes us more desirable was, A, we want to use more tools doing our normal inspection, but once we started adding on pool inspections, and I mean, the radon kind of everybody does that already, but we do pool, we do level two chimney scans. We literally send a 360 camera up a flue to videotape these things. We started doing sprinkler systems, draw requests when it, when it comes to that type of stuff. I do a lot of FHA and VA certifications that come to it. Sewer? Yeah, that sewer has been more and more people have done that. That was one of the first things that we added on. We got like 12 cameras in the count in the company right now. And all because those are big, expensive repairs, you know. Mm. One dig up of one sewer, you know, damage is six grand. Another six grand if a chimney liner, the clay liner is cracked that comes in there. Irrigation systems aren't as expensive, but pools are. 
especially when it's an underground leak. Well, we have equipment now that could find that. You know, I shouldn't say find it. I should say more determine if there is or is not a leak. So we have equipment that could do that, but also make sure everything's properly bonded. And when you come into the city of Chicago rooftop pools, there I don't know if oh, they just did. Yeah, way is right. You know, <laughs> they didn't. There's a lot of stuff that's bad in there, but but it's everything. And now what we're gonna do? I got to tell you, listening to you three, I got to figure out what I'm gonna do to again increase the value of our company. It's I mean we're in business. I'm not afraid. I want to make money. But I want to make money doing it in an extremely ethical way, and I want people happy that they worked with us. Like Joey talking about the education that he's going to provide? I think that's huge. So all of you guys providing education from from your expertise goes a long way, yeah. and even old-timers like me crave it, right? You know, I, I'm yeah. I feel the same way. It's like uh, you know, in, information is free, and I'm like an addict for information. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I don't see eye to eye with people who don't have sort of that insatiable curiosity just to, to learn more because there's just there's so much cool stuff out there. I guess it's probably why TikTok is so popular because it just feeds you with a fire hose like with stuff that you're interested in. But I think that's the problem in all of our professions. The you know I learned this to get my license. Okay, I don't need it anymore. They say I gotta do 12 hours of CE. All right, but that's every two years. All right, I'll do that. You know, because it's mandated, but I got my license, so of course I'm good enough. Um, I mean, if I've got to do continuing education, I I should pick topics that are going to be of interest to me. Um, It's not like you're forced to do any particular thing. I mean, for us, we got to do 30 hours of CLE, continuing legal education. Um, I think six hours of it has to be some kind of um, civility, uh, you know, the the ethical stuff, the uh, substance abuse, these kinds of things. Um, But otherwise... The other 24 is pick your poison. So, you know, if you're interested, you want to you want to get involved in in some other area of law. I mean, what a perfect opportunity um, uh, to do that. Or if you want to you know, get a deep dive into, um, you know, things things that you you know would like to know more about in in your area. But I mean, it's that that's me. I mean, yeah. I mean, the deadlines, you know, they always come up uh, and and kind of bite you. Um, cause you know, you're just busy with other stuff, but you know, wh- when the time comes and, and it's time to do the CLE, I'm like, all right, cool. What's, what's available. There's usually something interesting out there. I, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm a weirdo. Now, is that through the state of Illinois that you have to do that? Or is that through another organization? Um, so lawyers are not regulated by the state of Illinois. Um, we've been, you know, of course, you know, it won't surprise you, uh, that we get special treatment cause we get special treatment in all kinds of areas just based on the fact that it's usually lawyers writing the laws. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. Uh, so it's, it's a it's an organization called the ARDC. Uh, don't ask me to tell you what that acronym stands Arc. for because I don't remember. ARDC. Say that again? ARDC. ARDC. Yeah, there you go. I was like, what? What is that word? ARDC. So, you know, and, you know, that's... They're, they're a serious organization. When you hear someone get, has gotten disbarred or they've been disciplined, it's the ARDC that's responsible for it. And um, so, yeah, we have to certify every um, two years that we've um, that we've done our 30 hours. My, uh, I'm coming up in, I think, end of May uh, that I've got to uh, get those hours in. And I don't recall where I'm, I'm at with that. But title companies offer it um, through your bar membership, uh, which is, is optional, by the way. But, you know, something we were talking about, not to veer off into a different topic entirely, but, um, you know, I, I'm a member of the Chicago Bar Association and Illinois State Bar Association. Uh, but it's completely... Uh, it is completely voluntary. I don't. Ha- I don't have to be, but they will. They are and do actively advocate on behalf of lawyers to elevate the status of lawyers, to educate the public on what lawyers do and why we're important. And it, it frustrates me on, on your behalf that the association that is not voluntary for you to be a part of uh, doesn't do the same for for realtors. I, I I feel like you guys are getting hard done. I might argue that a little bit because I just had a a debate with the real estate agent talking about why you should hire a real estate agent and how he talks about to his clients. And I told him that's a mistake. You know, it's it's what, who do you think your competition is? Is it the for sale by owners or is it the 74,000 other licensed real estate agents that are out there? And I kept working with him about why you is the real thing. What value do you bring? You know, emphasizing that word you. 
And one of the things he told me was, I only work with one client at a time. I won't take a second client. And now, Dennis, you just raise your eyebrows. Why? My wife spends a lot of money. (laughs) So you can't go there. But that is a powerful statement, is it not? You know, and I guess how much are you going to work? But still, that's a powerful statement if you're my only focus. What would be interesting is if another important client called him while he was working with one client. Yeah, uh, it, that, it's a it's a that's a tricky one. Yeah, I mean, especially you know different times of year. I I, I wonder how how truthful that statement is. I, I wanted to to just you know you you hold up the the number three, um, Patrick Loftus Loftus Law Loftus <laughs> underscore Law on Instagram at Get Loftus Law on TikTok. Um, Dennis, you talked about being on the phone and and why you like to do that. And it's an old person thing. It, let let me just reframe it just just in, in a way because. Yeah, some people would say that a younger generation would prefer a tax, would prefer to be approached in a different, in a different way. I want to approach it from a data uh, perspective. And there's something called the 738.55 rule. 7% of what you communicate is the words you say. 38% is the way you say them. And then the 55% is the is, is your physical mannerisms. So you, you can't overcome the 55 that's not there on the phone. But you can go from 7% communication, which is text, email, to 45% communication level, picking up the phone is obviously and statistically better than simply texting and emailing. And, I, and I've been trying to take that to heart. When I'm in a transaction, I'm going to call the agent after I've talked to the client. I'm, everyone's going to be on the same page. If I see something on the contract that is a little bit, I'm not sure, I'm going to talk to you about why that's there. And if it's there for a reason, I'm going to go, cool, no, no problem. I don't need to meddle in it. Sorry, I need to need no, to No, I fit think that's that important. That's part of the reason why we do those Zoom calls. I like to see my clients. I want them to see me. There you go. All right. Yeah. I, I understand that there's a lot more that I could see. Just like when I'm looking at Dennis and I saw his eyebrows go up. All right. That concerned him. That was something that he, you know, I said, and now it's important. I want to hear what he has to say about it. Joey, can you give us your contact information? We are running short. Yeah, you can call or text me at 630 Find me at thevaloanerd.com or across all social media at, at the VA Lone Nerd. And how much, you know, and I know I always love to ask six-hour <laughs> questions when there's one minute left, but how much of your communication is done by text, email, or voice? Man, it depends, right? So every time that there's a milestone move, you get an email, you get a text, and uh, I, I'd like to call if there's anything major going on. If there's no major update then it'll be a weekly update that you actually do get a call. Um, nice. If something goes through underwriting, it's a text or email real fast. That would make me feel good. I'm actually having a... a five-minute answer question, so That's I tried it? to speed it up. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. And Dennis, how do people get hold of you? 312-420-1593. And again, real short, 10 seconds. What is your avenue for communicating with people? It sounds like it's more in person. Um, I try to be on the phone. On the phone talking to people. Not much of a texter. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here again. My name is Charlie Belfontaine. You've been listening to the Homebuyer's Hour. Devin Tingle is my favorite producer. He's the one that makes everything work here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, my name is Charlie, and I am out. (laughs) 